baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely wanna defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the fight fan, WFAN on Twitter. At the fight fan with Pete Hoffman, everywhere else on social media, WFAN.com and the Odyssey app. This week there is no UFC fight, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of guests for you. Doesn't mean that there's no events happening this weekend either. Um, AEW is putting on a show called Double or Nothing. And this week we're being joined by Eddie Kingston, New York native, Yonkers native, friend of mine. Uh, I actually grew up with him. And, dude, he, it was so good to talk to him. It's amazing. You got to check it out. It's going to be in a few. Eddie Kingston joins us. Uh, talking about the AEW event this weekend. Check that out. Also, we will be joined by George Kosturis, who has American Fighter out now in all outlets, whether it's um, Blu-ray, whether it's, uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but on demand uh, in the movie theaters itself. George Kosturis, star of American Fighter. Check it out. He's going to join the program a little bit later as well. Talks about, you know, fighting, acting, fighting, how he got into it. He even talks a little bit about music and stuff like that. So it's really cool. And then Jared Vendera, um, he fought Justin Taffa last weekend on the UFC card, uh, Garbrandt and Font. And he was the on the main event, and he won the fight of the night because it was a brawl between him and Justin Taffa. So it was awesome, and he joined us and uh, gave us some good time and gave us some good insight. So a lot of interviews to get to just to fill your time while there's no UFC fights this weekend. But the month of June is going to be stacked. So get ready for that. We'll get into that more next week. Going to have a bunch of good interviews coming our way. But for now, let's get to the interviews. First up, 
Yonkers native, Yonkers New York native, Eddie Kingston. This is the fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and I am honored right now to be joined by someone I can call a friend. My boy, Eddie Kingston, joining us right now. What's up, Eddie? How we doing, man? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. Like I said before, we went on the air, man. For the people that don't know, me and Pete go elementary school days. You know what I mean? Getting in trouble. Dude, so this is not from me. This is from everybody that I, whenever I go, Eddie Kingston. Do you guys know Eddie Kingston? Dude, the best talker on the mic by far in wrestling these days, dude. I, I remember you from way back when. This is who you are. This is who you were. I remember going to your house. You're on the couch doing crazy-ass moves off the couch, and now you're living the dream. Tell me how this went down. How do you do? You're, this is incredible. Oh, man. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I know we all, like, everyone loses contact when you're a kid, and then you move on to high school, and then, like myself, you get kicked out of a bunch of high schools. <laughs> And then I just lose track. But uh, no, man, I got out of high school and uh, I was on a, I was on my iron working job and I just saw a bunch. Of, and I was like, oh, I guess this is my career now. And I, and I saw a bunch of older guys who shouldn't be working, but they were working because they spent all their pension or whatever you want to call it already. And they're coughing up lungs and drinking on the job site and just spitting up fucking blood. And I was like, I don't know, man. They got to be something more than this. And then I just went on, you know, you know me. I've always loved professional wrestling. It's all I ever wanted to do. So randomly on AOL, folks. Yep, I'm dating myself. AOL dial-up with the little guy at the run. And you heard the noise all the time. Uh, I looked up pro wrestling schools, found one in New Jersey. And that was it. I went there, got kicked out of there, surprise. And then I went to, uh, I went to Chikara. And then that's where everything kind of took off in PA. Dude, that's awesome. It's amazing. And your, your, your climb has been unbelievable. You've Thank dreamed you. about, you know, you've watched these people on TV and now you're working with them. Like, tell me that. How surreal is that for you? Uh, when I talk to Arn Anderson, when I talk to Arn, it's, it's a trip. When I talk to Tully, it's a trip. All those guys. You know what I mean? And I ask them for advice and talk to them and see what they say. It's, it's insane. You know what I mean? I would have never thought it. I would have never thought it. I was like, what? You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of the guys in the AEW locker room, I've known them, a lot of those guys since they first started. And I would be in the locker room with them. And so I'm happy to see them there. And then I walk in and I felt like, oh, okay. I felt like I belonged because I knew all these guys already. You, Even the WWE guys, I was on the indies with them before they went to WWE. Right. It, dude, it's a small community. Right? It's not, not saying it's a small community because everyone's trying to do it. There's a, there's a ton of people that are trying to do it, but the people that stick it out. I mean, you've been doing this, dude, honestly. I mean, how many years now? 20 plus 19, years. 19 years. It'd be 20 in October. Dude, 19 years. That's crazy. And All now, my 20s. All my 20s and 30s gone. Did you – now, you started in school, but, like, before that, though, like, we never – you never trained. Like, we were playing ball. We were playing pickup games. We were playing all that stuff. But you were still doing everything. So you had the moves already. Was it easy for you to transition when you did go to school? Uh, it, it wasn't easy because, you know what I mean, you got to learn the right way to do things. You know, when we were doing it in the backyard, <laughs> it was just, all right, I'm going to throw you and hopefully you don't break nothing because I don't want your mother to yell at me. You know what yes. I mean? Or tell my mom. And you know how my mom is too, so forget yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, she calls my Puerto Rican mother and she's like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, to me, it was actually kind of hard to learn all that stuff. What? Because I wasn't interested in the moves. I was interested in why we do things. You know what I mean? I was interested in the story aspect of everything. 
that's what I wanted to learn more than the moves. Because to me, I was like, oh, uh, I used to suplex my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> but again, as I, through the years, you got to learn how to do the things. You know what I mean? Without killing somebody. And you sit, dude, the, again, the, the thing is that you're so incredible on the mic and people are, again, like right. I tell you, people tell me all the time, it's like, dude, he's just, he's the best. He's the best. And I'm like, if you know, Eddie, he's never stopped doing, this has been who he yeah. is. So it's like, what built you to this character? How did you become this character? What, what, what did you, what, it's always you, but like, did, yeah. some, did something, did something change at all recently that like, you kind of felt you had to t- tweak something at all or no? No, this is me at 17. You know that. Yeah, I know. This is me at 17 years old just turned up a thousand notches. You know what I mean? And you remember me. I used to get into a lot of fights because I would scream and yell and stand up for people and also not stand up for people, be an idiot too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was up and down. I was an angry kid. But no, it's just me at 17 turned up a thousand notches. You know what I mean? That's all it really is. You wrestling with, uh, you know, packed arenas and now with, not so packed arenas, but now we're going back to packed arenas. Yeah, give me Can't the give, give me the like the feeling, the 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 ins and outs, the the difficulty of of pulling off promos while there is no one in the in the in the audience. All right, well here we go, real quick, because now I got to move in my house. My Wi-Fi sucks. I still have an Android. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed but the zeros on the check. You know that, Pete. Ah, <laughs> uh, the thing with me was I just try to talk to the people that are at home. So there's not people in the crowd. So I would just stare at the camera and try to talk to the people at home who are watching. So that's how I kept my mental still going. You know what I mean? And that's why it wasn't hard for me because I was just like, well, there's people at home watching. You know what I mean? Same thing with performing in the ring. I'm trying to win a match. I'm trying to fight. So the people at home have to get that. So, you know what I mean? I'm a little anxious for the the live crowd there because it's the first time in... God knows how long. You know what I mean? Dude, so we've watched. I mean, dude, I know you're a big Knicks fan. So you watched the pack. We took game two, baby. Uh, you saw the energy from the crowd, and it changes things, dude. It does. Yeah. Like I've we watch UFC fights too. It actually changes the the outcome of the fights because of the energy from the from the crowd. You said you're nervous about that. Like, what what could be what could change? Just how you guys do moves? Just, just how you guys interact with each other in, in the ring? Uh, I get a little crazier when there's people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Certain things may happen that you know aren't supposed to. But again, I'll I'll ask for forgiveness after. Ah. Let me flow. Let me flow. We'll, let me feel the people. Let me feel the electricity. If something goes a little haywire, or I bust you open. I'll apologize later. And you can try to bust me open back. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's amazing because you sell so well. Um, but the the AEW revolution, the botched explosion, you got to tell me because everyone wants to know what happened. You still sold it. You still took it. You still sold it. And it was incredible. Tell me about that. Dude. All right. Well, hopefully I don't stall out while saying this. I'm still watching my Wi-Fi levels here. <laughs> on this little Android thing. Uh, so, yeah, when the thing happened, uh, this is what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard in my head mentally. And I was so pissed, so mad. But thank God for John, because he was making me laugh. And then he was like, we, and, he, and then he also said, we got this. Don't worry. We got this. Don't worry. I said, okay. And, you know, John's a close friend of mine. And you know how it is to try to keep me calm, Pete. You know how <laughs> it is. So he kept, he kept me calm and, and we just figured, all right. 
Wednesday's another one and we'll fucking explain it then. And then my explanation was basically what happened to me when I was younger, where it wasn't jail I was in. I was in the, I was in a place called Daytop, uh, like a secondary school. Right. After I got kicked out of all these high schools. And they were going to send me away to like one of their things upstate where you're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know what I mean? And I had a panic attack because I was worried. Like the day going in, I had legit had a panic attack. And so I said, you know what? Let me use that. Let me take my real life and put it into the promo of why I sold it. Oh, why did I pass out? I had a panic attack. What do you want? I thought the shit was going to fucking explode. And I thought I wasn't going to hear. I thought my friend was hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, to me, that was just the only way to explain it. We had to lean into it and shit happens, man. But fuck it. We moved on. You know what I mean? And that's it. Yeah. No. Like people make people make fun of it still. And I laugh at it now because I go, that means you saw it. Uh, dude, and that's what I said. There's never like a bad headline. I don't care. And what you guys are doing, what AEW is doing is incredible because, again, it really is. It's like you always talk about families. You always hear about like other stories, WWE, how how difficult it is, how hard it is. Uh, but I feel like AEW really is just the talent you guys are getting. You got Taz, Jim Ross. You get all these people that are just coming over. It's like uh, something's going something, – something's happened. Something's special right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to change it up. You know what I mean? I, you know, before this whole thing with the Bucks, I've known the Bucks for years and they've always had that outlaw spirit. You know what I mean? Just like I've had the outlaw spirit. Mox has had the outlaw spirit. Kenny Omega. We want to do things our way and not the way that has been done before where guys like me or the Bucks or Kenny wouldn't be even looked at because we're not conventional, I guess you could say. Like, right. I'm not walking around with six pack abs and huge shoulders and barely being able to move in the ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm me. This is who I am. Yeah. I go to the gym. Like me and you talked about, I did Muay Thai this morning. My feet are killing me because they blocked it with an elbow. I got to hike them. But we're, we're athletes just because we may not look what a 70 year old man may think we're supposed to look like. doesn't mean we're not athletes. You know what I mean? And I've seen, and you know this, Pete, I've seen a lot of jacked up dudes who can't even squash a, a fruit in the, in the fruit fight. You know what I mean? You've seen me fight a lot of these guys that were just jacked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you smack them in the face and they're like, uh, uh. so you can't judge a book by its cover and that's what AEW is. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody, man. It's for the outlaw people. It's for the people who are tired of the same shit. That's it. And I'm not knocking the competition because I want the competition to do well. Because when I tell you right now, WWE does well, AEW is going to do well and vice versa. The independents do well because of all that. Everything starts at the top. So the two top places, if they do well, everything else will. Well, I and feel, that's what I want. And I, and I feel like you guys, especially at AEW, you guys know where you came from. You'll never forget yeah. that. It's been it was a it's a hard road, dude. 19 years, man. That's fucking legit. That's that's time spent, man. You know, so you're there, you'll never forget. Um, Eddie King's gonna join us right now. I want to get into just your passion for the local teams, the Knicks, the Yankees. Give me how you feel right now, dude. You 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 rock you saw how the Knicks rocked the house the other day. How do you feel about the series with the Hawks? All, all I know is we gotta go to the we gotta go to Atlanta and shut it down. And I'm talking about we got to do bully ball. I'm talking about no easy layups because, look, I mean, I like the dude, but that dude, Trey, man, he he is so good. 
I know. By getting in the hole and driving it in, the next thing you know, he's getting that easy layup, and you're like, how did he do that? <laughs> we got to knock him down, man. As soon as they get into the paint, knock him down, take the foul. Okay, bring it back. Oakley Mason style, you know what I mean? My man Randall, my man, you know, Butler, D. Rose. What's up, my man, D. Rose? Dude, he looked so good yesterday. He looks so good. It's insane. He's the he's a fact, man. Age don't mean shit. <laughs> if you work hard, it don't mean nothing. I, I do worry that he's going to tire out. I mean, again, it's 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 pressing. It's a, He's not used to those type of minutes, or he's, especially in the playoffs and stuff like that. Yeah, and You don't want to grind him down, but there's nobody else to play. No, there's no one who could play that style of defense. You know, and I, I like Peyton, but he's not going to be playing that style of defense that D. Rose plays. No. You know what I mean? And there's no knock to him, but we need D. Rose out there. We may have to cut some minutes maybe, but we got to get out there, you know? No question. Um, but you feel confident about the series? You feel you feel good? I mean, I, they, they were able to stop – if they were able to stop Trey Young just from going to his right, they would have hit overtime in game one. Let's be serious. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they, they're, they're feeling their oats now. The second half was incredible. You feel good about the series? I never feel good as the Knicks. <laughs> I love them. I love them, but I'll never feel good. Yeah, remember, too, we're 90s kids, man. So we've seen the Knicks go to the finals and lose. We've seen Reggie Miller ruin our lives. Over you know and over I mean? and over, yeah. Over and over again. We've seen the Heat ruin our lives, and that was before LeBron went there, folks. Trust me, the Knicks and the Heat have been <laughs> having problems for years. But we've been there. You know what I mean? I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win the finals. I don't even know if they're going to get past this series. But guess what? I want to thank all the Knicks players just because they're giving me, like, a time of my life. And all the Knicks fans, times of their lives right now. Well, like, you lo- you like the gritty – it's a gritty team. It's not yeah. this, like, superstar-driven team. It's like it was unexpected. So it's a, it's a different type of style. It's like you didn't go trade for Melo. He come in and like, okay, yes, we're in the playoffs. Great. You know, no, this is a Julius Randle who you thought was going to be traded before the deadline. And now it's like, yo, yeah. this guy, we might have to sign this guy to an extension. Yeah, and I, but that's New York. And that's the way of our teams have always been. We always liked our teams gritty, not flashy. You know what I mean? Especially with basketball. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We never wanted we never wanted the flashy players like John Starks, Patrick Ewing. You know what I mean? And then go back to when before we were born. Well, you know, Walt Frazier was probably the only flashy player that they've ever really had. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one out of how many years? You know what I, I mean? I know, I know, man, dude. I mean, listen, unless you're the Yankees, dude, because I know you're you're a big Yankee fan. You had you had the flashiness, but again, that was the core. You built the core, then the flashiness came its way. With the with the core team, people forget. You know what I mean? The core team was Jeter, who was in our in our minor league system. Rivera, same thing. Uh, Bernie Williams, same thing. Posada, same thing. So our core was from our farm system, and then we just added pieces. And it's also not our fault that we got that money to spend. Don't blame us. <laughs> blame your city. Blame your city. You cocky motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Yo, so listen, I what I, I I've been into MMA now for a very long time. I don't fight it. I just talk it. I watch it. I love it. Um, I, who is the best MMA personality right now to you? For someone who is the best on the mic right now, who is the best MMA personality out there? Oh, it got to be Conor McGregor, right? He draws the most money. Yeah, yeah. Got to be honest, the dude. The dude can lose three fights, talk a little bit of shit, and get, what, a whole place jam-packed and 
rocking and rolling to either see him get his ass kicked or see him win. That's perfect. Conor McGregor took what pro wrestling does and brought it to UFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? So personality-wise, yeah, he's he's the best. Uh, I got to say the best fighter. I hate to admit it, it's Usman. Really? Yeah, because I wanted, I wanted my man, Jorge's my man. He does things for the hood, so you know I'm going to love him for that. But I wanted Jorge to win. I was there. It broke my heart. It really did break my heart. But you got to give it to Usman, man. First, you thought he was just a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back with that jab. And you're like, oh, all he got is a jab. And then there he goes with that two, that straight. And he's just getting better. I know. I know. I, I Dude, I, I feel like I don't want to take anything away from him at all. But I don't know if Jorge was 100% going to that fight. He, he If you heard him on the mic... Beforehand, yeah. he was a little looked like sounded a bit under the weather, but maybe there's a bad weight cut. I'm not sure. I don't want to take anything away from him, but definitely he clocked him. Jorge wasn't expected, and he'll never admit to it too. He's Masvidal is Masvidal. You put Colby Covington against Kamaru Usman for a second time around. Is it the same fight we saw the first time or no? I think it's going to be a banger, but I think one of them is going to shoot. Really, one of them is going to have to have to shoot in. One of them is going to have to because we already saw them both standing up. You know what I mean? And they both seen it, and now they're both thinking, oh, he's going to do the same thing, so I'm going to shoot. Or Kobe could be thinking the same thing. This is mixed martial arts, folks. This is not boxing where you just use your hands. You know what I mean? We can we can use all eight limbs and then take you down and, and submit, you know, or ground and pound. I think I would definitely see I, – I think if Kobe gets – I can see Kobe maybe getting into a little bit of trouble and maybe the second round and then trying to shoot, and then Lord knows what happens there. Yeah, I can't imagine Kamaru being on his back. I've never no. seen it. The no one, It's not going to happen. He did. Look what he did to Woodley, who was dominant. I know. I know. But what, he you, held, him, held him down the whole fight, just out-wrestled him and out-grappled him. And you see how Woodley, too, man. Dude, he has looked terrible since then. You know, I mean, he had those really good fights prior, but, but Usman put a number on him, killed all his confidence. Yeah. Killed all his well, confidence. Confidence and then, you know what I mean, age. And and MMA, it's a very short window. It's a very short window for a guy to have that huge run. You know what I mean? And then when he gets it and he gets off that run, we've seen it with a lot of champions. Once they lose the title, a lot of them don't go back to it. You know what I mean? Unless you're Randy Couture, but he's a freak of nature. Guy's a beast, man. I love that. Yeah, he's a freak. He's a freak. I could talk to that guy for hours, man. I had to be here once for like 45 minutes. I'm like, dude, I, I barely talked to you. I, I, there's so many things I want to dive into that brain of his, the people that he's fought, his game plans, dude, just like everything, man. He, he's yeah. that incredible. Um, but you, you, you know, we talk about the fact that Colby, Usman, great fight, but Colby really loves the the pro wrestler. Like that's where his personality comes from too. Yeah, the trash talking. Which, by the way, I've met the guy. He's actually a nice guy. I met him at Impact, sweetheart of a guy. He definitely took what we do in wrestling and took it to a new level. You know what I mean? He's made money off it. Come on, give the guy some. Got to give him some credit. He was worried about getting kicked out. He said he's like, dude, like I, they were they thought it was a boring fighter. He was a wrestler, you know. And you know, on, you realize too. You watch the UFC fights it's all it's it's the wrestlers don't get as much love because like oh it's boring it's the ground game which is I think a, a huge part of the chess match you, you need it yeah. but he he was afraid of getting kicked out so he put this this and he always loved pro wrestling so he put that personality in there and skyrocketed him now 
there. Now look at him. Now again, just like in pro wrestling, you either want to see me get my ass kicked or you want to see me kick somebody's ass. That's how I draw you in. And that's what they're doing. Do you see Colby? Like we, we've talked about, you know, Connor being like the take of the, 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 the pro wrestling approach. We've seen Ronda Rousey do it. Do you see Colby? I know he said he wants to do it, but can he pull it off in pro wrestling? Yeah, because yeah, you got to remember, these guys are athletes already. You know what I mean? And, and you got to be an athlete to be a pro wrestler. I don't care what anyone says, you know? Yeah, but don't you have to change up your style too? Because again, it's like it, obviously you're 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 it's it's the same move, similar moves like that, but it's a different intent. You know, now you're selling it rather than really going yeah, out. Yeah, there. you're not trying to kill the guy. That's the right. only thing you these guys really have to learn, and that's going to take them a while. Because I've known a lot of MMA guys who've come through schools and stuff, and they're especially wrestlers. They're so like just vicious and getting in on you. And then you just slow them down. You tell them, hey, man, this is how we do it. Da, 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 da. And you try to help them out. You know what I mean? But because of their background, they'll it'd be easier for them to get, like, the cardio stuff or all that other stuff. But I tell you right now, I think it's funny. Once they feel the ring or the ropes, once they fall, they go, oh. I go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not as fake as you thought, right? Huh? It, it, it doesn't feel so nice. No, it's not. It's oh, yeah, it makes me feel great. I get my ego pops up. I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me, okay, because seriously, dude, you go out there, you put your you put your life on the line every time. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. You still, you, pull, you put yourself there. When you, obviously the rush or the fight afterwards, the adrenaline comes down. What is, how many, how injured are you for, is it a days it take for you to get back, you know, to process things or is it like, what's, what's the bot? Are you sitting there with just iced out, dude? Now? Yeah. Now. Yeah. I have ice on my shoulders. I have a joint in my mouth. And then I have, uh, I have a, a, I try to watch my weight. I have a Coors light next to me. That's my routine. After every match, get the ice on my shoulders wrapped up. <laughs> Fucking go to where I gotta go. Grab my joint, and then grab me a beer, and I'm good to go. What? Uh, how long do you think you'll see yourself doing this for? Well, now that I'm making a little bit of money, and I can go to the like these Cairo chambers, and I bought myself a a little mini portable sauna, and I got I bought myself like a mini portable ice bath. But I I say another ten. That's awesome. That's yeah, amazing, I definitely man. with all this technology now and. The gun gimmick and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like the suction cups and shit like that. Yeah, I do that. I did that the other day. And the guy went, Oh man, you're really you're really tight right here in your back. I go, Yeah, I know. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Dude, do you miss New York at all? Do you miss people? Every day. Every day. I miss the smell. I miss the concrete. You know what I mean? I miss the people. You know, it's a different thing, man. Like you have to be born in New York to to feel that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I guess, like any other neighborhood. You know what I mean? But New York, man, is New York. Everything starts and ends in New York. You know? Dude, <laughs> that's, that's the cockiness a... in me, though. You know? Uh, I feel it, too, dude. I feel it, too. Do you, when you come back for events, is it like, is it a party? Are you are you a, are you trying to make time to, 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 to see your family, your people, your friends? Like, what, what you yeah. do? Yeah, I definitely try to see certain people who I consider my family. You know what I mean? It's always got to see my mother and father. You know what I mean? Always, always. And I try to hurt. I try to connect with as many people as I can before I got to, you know, hit the road. You know what I mean? 
dude, it's got to be tough, man, because I, I feel like you were such like a again growing up, you were like a popular guy. You were you were somebody that was always the personality that I remember. Like again, you you're that type of guy where everyone did want to be around, dude. You were you were that that friendly badass motherfucker that everyone wanted to be around. So it's got to be tough to come back here and know that you're still like you're still wanted, dude. It's it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? And and like I told you before, man, knowing that home got my back, that's all I care about. Like, yeah. I love the wrestling fans, but if Yonkers and, and New York has my back, like, I feel like good. If I can represent New York well, especially Yonkers, then I'm good. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? It's you and DMX, bro. Yeah, that's what's up? And the locks. You can't forget the locks. What up? And the okay, locks. And the locks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Eddie, listen, promoting uh, this Sunday pay-per-view, double or nothing. Um, Tell me about this match. Tell me about the fight that's going to go on between uh, uh, you and Johnny Moxley and the Young Bucks. Well, just I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to try to work you or or all this stuff. I'm going to be honest with you, Pete. I'm going to fuck those boys up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't get it wrong. I like them, but I'm going to fuck these boys up. I'm going to show them something really different. And I'm not knocking people who do flips and super kicks. I'm not because I can't do it. So I'll never knock anything I can't do. But I know I can fight. And I know I hit hard. And I know I can take shots. So I'm going to fuck these boys up. That's really it. That's it. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, win or lose, I'm fucking these boys up. They're going to uh, feel it. Oh, uh, let's go, dude. I can't wait. Listen, Eddie, you're the fucking man. I love you. Please keep in touch. Good luck with everything the rest of the way, man. Honestly, you're the best. Thank you, Pete. I love you. Tell your family I said what up. Tell Aunt I said what up. Please, man. Love all you guys. Miss all you guys. Thank you guys for even watching me, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I appreciate all of you, man. I appreciate home. Eddie, I love you, man. Be safe. and you, brother. Man. Honestly, I haven't talked to Eddie in a, in, a, in a little bit, and it was kind of really awesome just to see him and talk to him. And uh, I mean, that guy is freaking as real as they come. I love it. Honestly, everything they said was true. It's It was incredible, and it's it, I love it, man. And I we talk about Eddie all the time. So I'm happy he's doing well. I'm happy to see him. On a pay-per-view. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Um, next up, let's get to it. George Kostoros of American Fighter. He joins us next to talk about his movie American Fighter and more. This is the Fight Fan. We're your host, Pete Hoffman. We're being joined right now by George Kostoros, who is the star of American Fighter. And George, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and, and joining the show. What's up? No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Not much. Just hanging out. Awesome. So tell me about the release of this movie, American Fighter. It's coming out now. It's coming out this weekend. Um, but what I see everywhere 2019. So tell me about like the lead into this movie. What what was the delay in this? Yeah, so the the, the movie was ready to come out in 2019. Um, and uh, there was some... Uh, there was some uh, release plan that was, that, that was ready to go. And then because of COVID the deal started to change. And as COVID hit um, from what I understand from the producers, they like pulled everything back and stopped, but it's still, they, the UK, uh, the UK distributor wanted to release it still. So they still put it out in the UK. So it has a 2019 date online, but the domestic release was this weekend. First time ever seen in America um, and Lionsgate look, thankfully put that out. And so, yeah, we were delayed all through COVID and then Lionsgate was just going to put it out straight to VOD, but then, Timing worked out so that theaters were opening up. And so they said, hey, let's try this one in theaters. And I've heard it's playing amazing in theaters. People are loving it. We watched it in the theater the other day, and it was just awesome on the big screen. It's like another world on the big screen. 
But it's a badass trailer. It's, it looks like it's a, I haven't Thanks, seen the man. movie yet, but I've seen the, the movie looks fantastic. It's a sequel. Thanks, and and the one thing I love is, dude, like I'm a big MMA guy. Yeah. That's what I do. So the fight scenes give me break down these fight scenes. How yeah. who did you specifically train with? Listen, I've spoken to Sean Patrick Flannery in the past. Dude, that guy is legit. Yeah, he he's the has the deal. background. He's he got everything. Who did you specifically train with to 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 work on your moves in the for this movie? Yeah, well, so so Sean Patrick Flannery was a was a huge help on set. So I trained with him a lot on set. But prior to set, um, our director Sean Piccinino comes from the stone world, so he connected me with a lot of different. Sorry, someone keeps trying to call me. Uh, he connected me with a lot of different uh, local stunt guys in LA. And all of them have killer fight backgrounds, Muay Thai backgrounds, kickboxing backgrounds, boxing backgrounds. And so I was training with like a different type of martial art trainer each night. And so I, I was like three times a day, nonstop training. Morning I would lift, afternoon I would I would do some cardio and run. And then in the evenings I would always do a different discipline. So like jujitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, just to get me used to all the moves. It was like a crash course in all of them. So I was like a beginner in all of them, but enough where I kind of looked like I moved right. You know what I'm saying? Do you, what was the one thing that you love the most? Was there one specifically like that you trained that you're just like, yeah. I can't wait for jujitsu. Uh, I liked, honestly, I like, I liked jujitsu a lot. Cause it was similar to the wrestling movie that I'd done before, but it's the most exhaust. Jujitsu is the hardest one you think. Cause yeah. you're on the ground. It's not, but it's the most exhausting one. I enjoyed the boxing and kickboxing. Um, personally, I'm pretty flexible. So I get my leg pretty high. And like, I just loved like, you know, those, those one, two kick combos and just getting that dialed was fun for me. If there was a fighter that you said that you emulate, who who is it? Is there anybody out there in particular that you like either you like to watch or that you feel like yeah. you could be like that guy? They told me Wonder Boy was who they wanted me to, to be modeled after. So I, I did a lot of watching, a lot of studying of his film. And like they wanted me to kind of be like wispy in movie and, and, and kind of like because I'm pretty acrobatic and athletic as well. So they. They kind of like told me Wonder Boy's your guy. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson is amazing. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sweetest guy in the world. Have you ever met him before at all? No. no. Is he really? Dude, he's such like a he's like so in MMA in the UFC they had like the uh the, the baddest motherfucker award, excuse my language, but that's what they had. The BMF championship was what the the belt was for Hori Masvidal. And he was like, yo, how about like the nicest mother effer out there? Because that's who he is. He's just like a sweet no dude. Way. But dude. In the cage, he's badass. He just yeah. He just I, I've noticed that a lot about about fighters like like Sean uh, Patrick Flanders close with some of the Gracie dudes, and they're yes. all the kindest people. But they'll kill you in two seconds if you mess with them. You know what I mean? Like yes. Like it's why even Sean Patrick Flanders is one of the nicest guy, and he had this running joke on set that was like, uh, he, I, I was like you know in the best shape of my life and you know practicing all the time, and I would I would joke him out like, come on Sean, I could probably like give you a run right, and he's like. Nah, kid, nah. He kept saying, I was like, come on, probably like for a little. He's like, and he, he made this bet. He's like, I guarantee I can choke you out in less than five seconds. And I was like, there's no way. And we had this running joke all throughout set. And then finally, he came over to where I was staying. They had me at this house in Petaluma. And he brought the mats and like everyone was there watching. It was a day off. And he was like, all right, ready? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And we, we got on the ground. We were rolling for like a minute. And I was like, and I was like, see, man, I told you I'm not bad. And he's like, oh, we're starting. <laughs> He goes, oh, we're starting? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought we started. He's like, okay, go. And then he just, he did this, like, he grabbed my gi and just, like, choked me in two seconds. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, it's funny. The nicest oh. guys are the, definitely the ones you should underestimate. Be careful, man. So that's what I always say. Yeah. Just don't, watch who you pick a fights with. Exactly, um, I know. Dude, you're also also uh, Tommy Flanagan's in this movie as well. How yes. how awesome is it working with him as well? Because He was legend. amazing. He is such a badass in real life, like, 
he just brings so much bravado to every moment in, in the film. And, and he has this really cool way of acting where and he's such a legend. He's been doing it for so long. He'll do a scene. And then the next time he'll do it completely different. And he'll just be so spontaneous in the moment that like, you don't know what he's going to do. There's one scene, I think when, uh, when I first jump into the ring and, and I kind of like disrespect him, um, it wasn't in the script and he didn't tell me about it before, but we're in the scene, he just slapped me in the face. And I, and I literally was like, and like, it, and they used that take because like, I was so shocked and I was just like staring at him and, and it was like, you know, it was a real reaction for sure. So he's a great spontaneous acting partner. Do you prefer like the scripted or do you want the spontaneity? Do you sit there like, like the- memorizing everything like, oh God, I got to get this line right. Yeah, I know. I like the spontaneity because it gets stale. You do so many takes on set and like uh, the, the you do the same thing over and over. It never hits as good as the first or second one. So I like when it changes a little because then, you know, you're more so reacting than just, you know, saying your lines and, and actors who can do that well. Uh, I think are great. And, and, and Sean Patrick Flannery is also another prolific improver. A lot of his monologues that he does in the film that are like these perfect Mr. Miyagi monologues, he made up on the spot. He like, just like, they weren't even near the script. He just hit, he just said them. I think cause he's a real coach in real life. He like knew what to say, you know? <laughs> no, no, he's, dude, he is. I, I, I spoke to him once and, and like the knowledge he had, I, I was like so impressed. I was like, Oh my God, yeah. I had no idea the background. You're not an actor playing a jujitsu guy. You're a jujitsu guy. Being an actor, being an actor, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What was the toughest scene for you in American Fighter? Um, I think there was this one. There was this one scene with um, this guy in the movie. His name is Bone Crusher. That's his his like uh, character name. And uh, it was like one of my earlier fight scenes. It wasn't the first fight scene I I filmed, but it was like the second one. But it was the biggest one yet. And I remember being pretty nervous like before we started because there was a lot of choreo. The guy I was fighting was like legendary stunt guy and and like it was it was interesting we would practice the choreo again he was like the nicest guy and then as soon as we'd go action he'd get this death look on his face and i literally would think like shit he remembers we're choreographed right i would feel like he's about to kick my ass so so sometimes i mean i trained a lot i was was big and buff but like you know i knew i knew my limitations so that one was i just remember being intimidated and not sure if i could get through all the choreo but that one turned out to be great it's one of the best fights in the movie that's awesome. George Castoris right now joining us of America Fighter out right now. Movies out right now. Check it everywhere. Um, George, bef- how did you get into acting? Like, you know, like I, I know a lot of kids that want to get into it. a lot of like my sons right now. They're into sports, but they do like to act on the side. They take lessons and stuff like that. Were you more sports driven? What, what really got you into movies? Yeah, I, I was honestly probably more like your kids. I did I only did sports growing up. I did basketball, baseball, you know, varsity basketball, all, played every year, baseball, soccer. Like I was I was like my family was just like the sports family in town. My dad coached all the teams. I was like that kind of kid. And and acting wasn't even near like we we're not an acting family. When I told my parents I was thinking about it, they're like, what? How are you going to do that? Like they thought it was insane. And um, when I went to call, I just, you know, was just a young like hustling kid doing research i found a manager online when i went to college and i just like reached out to him i got a meeting with him and then i told him like hey i want to do this can you just send me on auditions and so i spent all my time in college going to a lot of auditions and i didn't get one four years college didn't get one but i was just practicing and i had never done acting class and stuff and i tried some acting classes but you know didn't vibe well with acting classes sometimes i don't know i don't i personally acting I don't enjoy the overindulgence of it sometimes. And so the classes kind of felt like that to me sometimes. And so I prefer to make my auditions, my acting class. So all throughout college, I was going to USC and in those four years I auditioned, you know, weekly. 
got nothing. And then as soon as I graduated, I booked something. And it, since I've graduated, I've been lucky. And I've just been able to consistently keep going. How has the pandemic really hurt uh, filming and stuff like that? Basically, the world stopped. But did, yeah. did you did you stop working too? Like when did things start getting back to normal for you? Yeah, all the productions shut down. Um, luckily, I was working with a production team that was producing a film and I was co-producing. And we actually were able to, very luckily, we were one of the first um, productions approved by SAG to shoot during COVID. And we shot in April, like right after COVID started. And we were like one of the first people doing onset COVID testing every two days. And we were like the guinea pigs of all that. Um, and so luckily I was able to produce that movie um, in its entirety. And, and that came out on Netflix last year, did really well. Um, and then um, I was actually shooting on a Marvel TV show in Atlanta during just before COVID started and that got shut down and then it picked up in September. So it was like about a four month break um, for most productions. But then as soon as people figured out how to do all the testing, and everything like that, productions were pretty, pretty soon back to normal. That's awesome. How, how many tests do you think you took in that? that, oh, my that God. <laughs> oh, my God. Probably like probably like 40. Uh, probably because we were doing them every two days um did you do yeah. the did you do the deep nose one or no, what like the back of the luckily throat they one? weren't like it honestly it depended which nurse you got and i remember people would be like go to that trailer it's better because like <laughs> some of them would go too far and you'd be like oh but other ones would just kind of like you know there was one time where because i you know i have kids we were all getting tested stuff like that there's one time that like the second or third time i went and got it tested the late i was like trying like i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry because sometimes <laughs> i get really deep there so i try not to give a reaction she shoved the, the Q-tip down so far and I made no reaction where, all right, this has gone on too long. The next nose, I just like instantly jolted just to get her off my back because it was like, they were like <laughs> waiting for the reaction. Like, this is not normal. Like, where, yeah, where they're like, it's gotta around? keep going. <laughs> they poked hilarious. my freaking brain, dude. Yeah, so I, listen. Yeah, I, had, I had teared up every time. Like, no matter what, how far deep they did, I just told the person, I'm gonna cry, but it doesn't hurt. It just happens, <laughs> I don't know why. Every I, time a little tear would come tickled down. my brain. <laughs> yeah, my brain. let's exactly. go. Uh, George, so what else we we talked about of off before we got on here we talked about like you know the sports you were you were an athlete beforehand what type of what were your favorite teams growing up as a kid uh favorite teams growing up i was i was actually born and raised in sacramento born in palo alto but grew up in sacramento and i was a huge lakers fan during the kings lakers rivalry and oh my it, god like, got us into so much deep uh you know got Crap us in deep with a lot of people because like Cause like, uh, I remember even my brother, like his teachers would sometimes give him an extra hard time because he would wear Lakers jerseys. And we would like, we would like, we were just like super fans of the Lakers. We would go to their hotel that they would stay at. I met, I met Kobe, Shaq, you know, Chick Hearn, all the people we'd go to Derek Fisher, Robert Ory. I like, so we stalked them as kids and my dad would take us all dressed up and we met them all at the hotel and when they would come play in Sacramento and it was easy because like we were the few Lakers fans in town. <laughs> That's awesome. How was, how was Kobe? Do you remember the interactions with Kobe at all? Yeah, he was super cool. Um, such a, such a bummer that he passed away, but um, that was really hard for a lot of people. You know, he was like the hero of my age. He was, he was honestly like my, one of my heroes growing up. Um, when we met, when I met him, he, he was really cool because he, he like had so many fans calling for him and I was like a young kid. And my dad's like, hey, Kobe, will you take a photo with my kid? And he just, he was walking past, he turned, stopped, came back, took a photo with me, and like punched me on the arm and kept going and didn't <laughs> talk to anyone else because they were all adults with like memorabilia stuff. So oh, he was yeah. cool that he like, you know, he saw that I was just a kid fan. I wasn't trying to get a signature, you know? 
dude, everyone's always trying to get make a buck. It sucks, you know. Yeah, the top I know. Stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know, it's the it's all about the kids. Like as we get older now, like I go to ball games all the time. My kids, like I'm not bringing my baseball glove with me. I don't care. It's like yo, like it's about exactly. them. Make them happy. Yeah, exactly. It, how exactly. how are you with interactions with fans and stuff like that too? Are you like that where you'll sign everything for all the kids? You'll just take pictures and stuff like that. Like how how yeah. how is it? Yeah, well, so when American Wrestler came out, I had a crazy reaction from all the like wrestling teams and wrestling high school kids, and and I've been I've you know been uh, super fortunate that people want to take photos and things like that, and so I always try to spend as much time as possible. I'll stay for like you know extra hour after screening sometimes just to like just to make sure every kid gets their photo because I remember what it was like. I mean, not too long ago, I was hanging outside of a hotel lobby waiting for COVID, you know, so like <laughs> I know what it's like to like really want just a photo and it. At this point in my career, it doesn't take that much time, so I'm I'm down. What uh, what is the the style of people these days? Like I back in the day, it was always the autograph. Like oh, I got to sign a piece of paper, whatever it is. Is it just all pictures now? Is it just all yeah. photos? Not as much autographs. The young, the little kids like I've noticed like autographs, but like all the adults will just take a selfie and like ask you as they're taking it, and they're like, hey, hey. like they're <laughs> they're already framing it as they're trying to ask you, which is hilarious, but. Hey, do what you got to do. Is it surreal to you at all? Like, like okay, the people want my picture. People want my autograph. People want to talk to me. Is it? Definitely. It's surreal when my family's around, too. Like, when, like, sometimes I, I've gotten semi-used to it, you know, when I'm by myself. But then, like, when I'm, like, out with my parents or and we're at a screening or, like, with my brother or sister. And then someone asks me for my photo in front of them. I always feel like, isn't this crazy, guys? Like, <laughs> isn't this weird, mom? You know? Because, <laughs> like, I'm just myself with my family, you know? Do you do you like that aspect of it? I mean, you obviously like acting. You you it's your it's your job. Whether you like would you whether you love it or not. I mean, some people will say I love it because it's my job. But but the other side of it now, like just the fact that social media is such a major part of it because everyone's always like there's easier con- ways to connect with you. Yeah. Does that bother you? Is it too easy? Do you want more separation, or are you just kind of right now you still are just open to everything that everything and more of the celebrity status? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm open. I'm open to being able to make movies. And so whatever that entails, you know, I've, I understand I've signed up for, um, like in terms of like Instagram and stuff, I do feel like it's getting a little invasive on the world. And like, meaning like I, there's, there's this pressure that we should be posting more. Like I, I don't post that much on Instagram and I like get this pressure from my team sometimes, you know, to, to post more or like, you don't feel relevant if you're not posting it. And I think that's a little bit of a shame because, you know, like if you want to be a performer and an entertainer, does it necessarily mean you need to share every aspect of your life? Even, even, even people who are not performers or entertainers, like feel pressure to share every aspect of their life. And so I I, kind of, I kind of shy away a little bit from social media. I don't like it to be too crazy on it, but like, I'm not overly protective where I'm like, you know, don't look at me. Don't look at my family. Don't look at my wife and stuff like that. You have what you know. I'm not. You don't have kids, right? Not yet. I, I got married two years ago, but we will have kids. Will you um be allow them to act? Will you let them get into the acting world, or do you want to be like live a normal life? Live. Um, I definitely life? would. I think from what I've experienced and seen around town, I would let them act after they were like 18. Um, once they've like had a, a full childhood, you know, been normal kids and not like seen the lens through this sort of like different lens than everyone else. Cause I do feel like sometimes for kid actors, there's a disconnect, you know, that that's hard to, it's not their fault. You know, they're treated as adults at age 10 and that's, that's hard to overcome when you get older, I think.
we all see. I'm mean, listen. I, I watch. I have some family family that does like directing and acting and stuff cool. like that. So like you know, it's it's cool. I've been on sets before. It's it's awesome. But you really don't. It's a grind. It is it's a, a grind. grind. It yeah, grind, and the kids should sure. be a kid. You know, kids shouldn't necessarily should be grinding. Yeah. You know? But they they get excited. They see the other yeah. kids on movies. My kid watches Sandlot all the time. He's like, I could do that. I'm like, yeah. you probably could. You're definitely yeah. probably good. But we don't, don't want you. To, I want you to actually play baseball. I don't need. Yeah, to yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what what type? What the, all right? So you're in Sacramento. My favorite I, band. You you're bo- are you you're bo- you're. Bo- I grew Sacramento? up in Sacramento. I live in LA now. Okay, my favorite band comes from Sacramento. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. The Deftones. I know of them. I don't. I'm not a huge fan, but I know of them. Ah, come on! <laughs> that's that's those are my boys. Come on! Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'll listen to them more. I'll give them a chance. Yeah, give them a shot. So, what type of music are you into then? I'm super into like uh, this guy named John Bellion. You ever heard of John Bellion? No. He's like a oh man. You should look him. I'll look up Deftones if you look up John Bellion. He's uh, he's a he's like a pop artist, but he's super super alternative pop and just like has a sound of his own. Um, he had he had a few radio hits recently, but John Bellion, I'm a huge Coldplay fan mm. um, from the beginning, and I just love. I mean, Yellow like people, back in the day, Yellow. Yeah, or... back, yeah, for sure, back in Yellow, like Parachutes, like their first album. But like now, their sound is so different, and a lot of people think like, oh, they've gone pop and they've sold out. But like, I think they're still killing it, and they're just transforming their sound. I love, I love Coldplay. Um, I love this kid named Alec Benjamin right now. Super cool young pop artist. Um, who else? Yeah, I, I'm definitely into. Oh, 21 Pilots. I love 21 Pilots. 21 Pilots are legit. Legit. Yeah. I need to see like, them. Like that's a band I need to see live. Like I don't care yeah. about many other bands. Hundred percent. Because their live shows are crazy. So John Bellion oh, used to open for 21 Pilots. So he's in that oh. vibe. He's in that vibe. It's like that alternative pop. It's cool. You should check them out. I love that. No, that's great. I'm definitely gonna check them out now for sure. Not saying I wasn't before, but I'm <laughs> definitely gonna check them out now. <laughs> uh is that uh like did you have a music background at all and any, yeah. any specific- yeah i'm actually in a music studio right now uh, oh, get out of here you gotta show me let's see what we got I'm going actually, on yeah i'm working like on a couple of songs with a buddy right now um we have a music project that we're trying to put out um yeah so i play music i play guitar piano drums um i sing i've been playing music since i was in like eighth grade um always what? have wanted to do music and stuff i've put out a couple songs like under different band names but we're trying to get an EP together with this project. Is that the George Thomas that I saw? Um, George Thomas, yeah. So my band used to be called Just Thomas by itself, Thomas. And then um, and then this this new project is going to be called Average Friends is what we're putting together. And that's, the, cool. that's the band name. And uh, yeah. So and what, type of, that. what type of style? Um, it's in the Coldplay 21 Death Cab for Cutie vibe. Like it's in like this alternative pop rock Um I would say Death Cab for Cutie, Coldplay. Uh, one of the songs is pretty John Bellion pop. So in that vibe. That's very awesome. I dude, I love music too. Like, so what, what was your yeah. first what was your first love? Was it was it sports? Was it music? Was it yeah. acting? In, interestingly, I mean it was for sure sports because I just grew up in a sports family, but on the entertaining side, it was actually music. It was like music way before acting. I wanted to be a musician. I would practice guitar for hours in my guitar i mean in my room when i was growing up and tried to learn how to sing i couldn't sing for crap when i was a kid for some reason <laughs> i don't know why i like it was bad i would hear all hear old recordings and i'm like what in the world but like now i don't know if i grew up my voice changed or or if i just got better but now i can kind of sing pretty good <laughs> <laughs> better at least and uh 
um but yeah music i was all about music and i thought i was gonna be a musician for a while i first thought i was gonna go to the nba then i thought i was gonna be a musician <laughs> then yeah nba did not work out Dude, uh, yeah i i hear you this but i dude i was always trying to be a musician myself i tried oh, I, cool. I i never dude i up until all right so i'm a little bit older so i don't want to show my, say my age but i, I stopped playing when i was like 30 okay like 30 was like when i started like hang them up because i was like i was doing it for like 15 years i was trying really hard but i that was like my passion man i just wanted to yeah. like i love music i know what you mean i'm like a i'm a i'm a grunge that's where i came up the alternative grunge type of theme but i Ooh. got like the metal type of stuff that's where deftones is like new they came gotcha. up with new metal but they're not new metal they're, they're a little bit more uh adaptive and more progressive but uh we have like the i'm new york so we have like the long island scene all those like long island uh, yeah there's tons bands. of pockets yeah that's so cool did you tour and stuff I never did. I opened the biggest bed I opened up for was like Alien Ant Farm for like a split second. Oh, cool. They were, they were, yeah, but they were all, exactly. But I, I, I worked at the, I worked at the top, the, the, um, the K Rock in New York. So, like, that must have been ha- cool exposure. It was badass. So, like, I met Metallica. You meet, like, wow. I met, uh, I met Scott Weiland. You know, I met all these wow. freaking crazy artists and you're just like, it's, it's a different world, but it was amazing, dude. You know what I mean? And then all your inspirations, you know what I'm talking about? Wow. That's so great. Who's, that's who, super cool. Who's the one person that you've either met that you've always wanted to meet or who's like the one person that you like, really, I, I, that's my idol, whether it's music or acting that you still are waiting for. Waiting for. Yeah. Hmm. Always wanted to meet, uh, Matt Damon in acting in the acting world he just i don't know i think he's, he's got the acting. man he's the man to me to, in acting he's the man he's he's got it he doesn't overindulge he has the same like from what i've heard in his interviews and in the movies he does he doesn't overact and he's not like this like heady actor who's all into like i don't know sometimes actors can be funny you know so i love his i love his style and i just love his uh his uh take on everything so i'd love to meet him and just you know see what he's like hear what he has to say and then music-wise, Chris Martin from Coldplay, I think, is one of the coolest performers. He, like, still jumps around like he's 15 years old, and he's, I don't know, almost 40, 50 or something like that. So I just love his energy. I would love to would love to meet him. I think I met him once when he just started dating Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow. They were just – because we did, like, they were doing – was it – was it a some award show what was here we were happy to be again i work at the rock station we were doing yeah. a live event there and he could stop by and i think they just started dating and she was wow. there it was, it was nuts dude wow that's wild that's wild dude it's, it's crazy man like, i i love that all the worlds can combine because like i'm uh, that's i'm an entertainer guy like i love yeah sports, i know i love mma i love movies but i love music too man you can't totally can't. and that seems that seems to be natural like actors always like have side bands or like musicians always want to act like it seems very fluid you know do you uh i mean so you've in a lot of of action movies athletic movies and stuff like that is that something that you wanted to to focus on like you like those type of style of movies or is that just kind of what you've been landing right now i think i think more so what i've been landing i think i just lend well to those you know like i'm a quick study on sports i'd never wrestled before before american wrestler i'd never done mma before this movie and you know, after people watch it, they think I've been doing it for my whole life. So, like, I'm kind of just a quick study on, on sports and sports movies just have been working for me. But, you know, I'd love to do all kinds. I'd love to do comedy. I'd love to do uh, I'd love to do more dramatic films and things like that. Are we going to see you with uh, one of the new Karate Kid TV shows? Are you going to be? Dude, uh, I was uh, watching that the other day and I thought, why am I not on that? What the heck? Dude. Um, 
I, ho- I would hope I would like to be on that show, but uh, get your agent on that shit now because my, <laughs> I know, dude, my kids make me watch that religiously. So it'd be nice. Oh to my see gosh, that's hilarious! It's a good show. I actually I watched it all of it in two days. I had COVID in September and I was quarantined oh. by myself. And I watched all of it in two days. <laughs> so you watched Cobra Kai. What else did you watch? Did you do anything else? Cobra Kai. I watched like every murder documentary you can think of. I watched uh, oh this show called Money Heist. Have you heard of this show? No, but I he- I heard of it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, I heard of it. Everyone loves Money Heist. It's so good. And I just I I I watched that. Um, what else did I watch? And then I, tr- I tried not to overwatch. I tried to like go outside on walks by myself. It was such a weird thing. I was like in Atlanta working, and then I got COVID, and I couldn't fly home. I couldn't. Go anywhere, so they put me in this house. It was like a really weird. I was totally solo for two weeks. How when you got it? Like, was it? Were you? How were your symptoms? Were you really sick or just? I know. I, I was actually. I I didn't believe I had it when I when I tested positive because they were testing us on set. And then and then that night I had like this crazy headache, and this super super heart fever. And like that's all I had for two days. I had this really bad headache and a fever, and then it sort of subsided, and and I was fine. Well, listen, I'm glad you're right. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm excited. American Fighter's out now. And we'll go check yes. it out. Anything else you, you want to promote there, George? Please, please just give it. Definitely. It just came out on Blu-ray yesterday. So if you if you can't make it to a theater, buy the Blu-ray. If you don't have a DVD player, rent it. It's available for right now everywhere on digital. It's a really good movie. But if it's in a theater near you, go see it. Because it's another world on the big screen. And movie theaters are back. So why not? Why not go support? Let's go. I can't wait, dude. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, and George, thank you so much for the time. And I can't wait to listen to the music, man. I, I dude, can't wait, yeah, dude. for sure. We'll stay in touch. I'll send you some stuff. Awesome, George. I appreciate it, man. Guys, George Castoros. Take care. Uh, dug deeper than I thought I would with George. That was awesome. I'm looking forward to his music. And let's, you know, and the movie too. Check it out. American Fighter. That's awesome. And lastly, Jared Vendera won the fight of the night versus Justin Taffa last weekend. And he joins me now, and he's just – his humor is a little dry, but he's the man. And I'm very happy that I was able to join him and talk to him after his uh, big win in the UFC. And looking, to see, looking forward to see what else happens. So here he is, Jared Vendera. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and we are being joined right now by winner uh, over Justin Taffa and Fight of the Night winner – Jared Vendera, Jared, thanks so much for for joining. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, no, uh, the fight came and went. I got back home uh, late last night, and yeah, now I'm home. As you see in the background, my child is insane. <laughs> uh, how is it, uh, you know, having a family, especially a daughter so young? She's what? Did she watch the fight? Does she know what you do? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, because we also own a gym. Uh, she's she's been raised in a gym that you know she she knows fighting like it's life. She sees it day in and day out, so it doesn't bother her as much. Like she's kind of so over it that she was like, "Ah, dad's fighting again, whatever." <laughs> so uh, it's funny because my youngest 
likes to watch the fights with me. Now, I don't know if he actually knows what's going on, but like whenever I'm watching something, he's like, can we watch the, if I, if the fights are over where, you know, I have to catch up the next day and I watch a fight or whatever. And they're turn off. He's like, can we watch more fights? Like he's begging me to watch them. So it's, it's kind of cool to see that they're into that already at such a young age, but does she, has she started training it? Has she in any sort of way, has she asked to participate? Yeah, no, she, uh, she trains, uh, I I try to make her at least train three times a week. Um, she's not fully invested into it. She's she the one the one class she wants to take more and more, and this one class I don't want her to take is she wants to spar. She, likes <laughs> she loves sparring. I'm just like kid. No, like let's work on you learning some things before you get in there and start punching. It's like, cool that you're not afraid to get punched, but I'd rather you learn how to throw a punch first. <laughs> um, what is the hardest part? Because, I mean, we, I've trained very briefly, nothing too crazy. My kids actually want to get back. One of my kids, who's the older one, he likes uh, – he did it for a little bit. They did karate, and he was really good at it, but kind of got a little bored. My middle guy, though, is, like, begging to get into some form of mixed martial arts now, which is great. I love that. Um, what is the hardest part uh, for training for someone like yourself? What was the hardest thing to figure out? Uh, it's trying to manage, like for me, myself, it's managing my time to get proper training, be a father, a business owner, and all that stuff. Trying to figure out where I could place what, my recovery, um, just dieting, all that stuff. Had to play a massive factor into all this stuff, so just figuring out that stuff. Um, it was always good because my business is a, a gym itself. I, I teach MMA. So, you know, one of the best ways for me to work on like techniques and stuff was to bring that into my classes and teach, you know, my students the techniques I'm going over again, just so it, you know, I'm constantly, you know, instilling that into my um, moves and, you know, drilling it without actually having to drill it. So that was a few of the things that I did to prep, uh, prep for this fight uh, camp-wise. Um, with, with, with Justin, what was – because you had the reach advantage, you had the height advantage. You said you're dieting. How much do you have to – really, how much do you have to focus on dieting as far as, you know, the heavyweights? You do max out 265, but, but what do you normally run around at or walk around at, I should say? Uh, this, this, so after, after my last fight, uh, I shot up to like almost 90. Um, so I had to cut from 90 to 265. Uh, I was a little worried the week of, because when I, uh, when I arrived, I spent Monday in Vegas with my fiance and my daughter. But, you know, we were watching what we were eating because uh, my uh, my fiance, she has diabetes for this pregnancy. Mm. Uh, so we had to be very cautious on what we ate. Uh, but I was like, oh, crap, oh, crap. So when I weighed myself on uh, Tuesday evening, I was like, oh, please don't be fat. Please don't be fat. Because the week of, I, I like, uh, like, I think Sunday, I weighed 275. Mm. So, like, I think Sunday, day I left, I weighed 275, 274, something like that. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, please don't be fat. I'm like, I ate good. I ate good, but don't be fat. Don't fit. Get on the scale. 
268. I'm like, oh, oh shit, this is be easy. Uh, come Thursday, I did a little workout at the PI. I uh, got uh, some massage and cupping. Uh, the cupping you can see in the fight looked like I got a fight with an octopus. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I uh, had dinner that night. I uh, weighed 267, I think it was. After everything, woke up at 265. I'm like, cool. I didn't skip a meal or nothing. I, you know, I did. So I gave myself until today to kind of eat like crap. Uh, uh, I'll get, and, you know, during the off season, I'm going to give myself like one day or one meal, one cheap meal uh, from here on out at least. Uh, so, you know, because one, I have another kid on the way. Uh, so if I have that ability to take a fight soon, I want to be able to do a quick turnaround, uh, be in fight shape ready, cardio wise. So I have the opportunity. Plus, you know, I want to look better for the camera every time because I do not have the voice for TV. Like this voice. <laughs> you like, have a good personality, though, dude. You do. Thank God, because this voice is, you know, putting people to sleep or, you know, People want to like drive a pencil through their ear, like stop it. Listen, I understand the, the looks part of it. That's why I'm on radio. They don't want me on TV. They want me on radio for because of the look aspect of it, dude. It's funny because I and I I struggle with I'm one who always struggles up with weight. I'm always up and down. I had so I read a tweet. It was perfect. This is the way they explained the pandemic for me. The pandemic lasted so long that I gained, lost, and then gained back all my pandemic weight. And that's how I felt. Like I gained a lot of weight. Then I was like, okay, I really got to lose it. I lost like 30 pounds and now I've gained it all back. So now I got to go back on the other way again. And that, that's how long the pandemic lasted. But what is the diet of choice for you? Because a big guy, I, li- I like to eat, dude. My wife, I think has finally gotten it. She She's a little stick figure, but me, I like to eat. Uh, so one of the things I did, um, this whole camp, and I did not cut it out, was just eat red meat, uh, steak, bison. Uh, now, I started mixing up, especially towards the end, with chicken a lot more, but I heavily ate red meat. Uh, that one, it just it kept me satiated. I'm not going to say that it does for everybody. It kept me satiated, made sure I didn't like overeat, and it kept, helped me slowly cut my weight. Like, the good six seven weeks i was still at like 285 for most of the camp but i was trimmed down my energy was high just 285 uh, boom 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 and then a couple weeks out i just started just dropping and then especially the week of i still ate red meat throughout the whole uh fight week and boom i was good that's awesome that's awesome. I yeah, it's always like I do. I know it sounds might sound corny, but I do Weight Watchers at times. That's like what I try to focus on. I try to do like because I like to eat, so like I'll, I like to eat certain things. So like I try to just like it's almost like calorie counting at times, stuff like that. But like I'll be able to eat a burger or steak, whatever, and it's no big deal. The exercise is the fact that I need to do because we're always running around with kids. That's that's what it comes down to, you know. My my yes, this whole weekend I I stayed watching uh my boy my boys play baseball all day. The double headers and all those other stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's excuses, poor excuses, but 
when you're at the gym, um, what is the, the main thing? What is the main goal out of your gym? What's the, what's the main thing you try to focus on for everybody that you teach? Uh, depends on like it, it it's you keep i can't i don't try to bl- have a blanket fill like i want people to feel comfortable and safe at my gym and you know happy <laughs> that's kind of like, like that's my blanket like I, but i try to specialize things to each person because you know i have one guy that you know he's not in for the competition he's in it for the weight loss and you know, so I'm not going to push him to competing. Like, that's not his goal. If he comes up to me and like, hey, you know, I've been enjoying this weight loss process. I want to compete. Then, yeah, I'll, I will help you there. I have guys that just want to box or do Muay Thai. I'm like, all right, let me work you to the directions of where you need to go and how you need to do it. Or, you know, I have people that just want to compete. I'm like, all right, well, let's prep you properly so when you fight, you're winning or, you know, you're giving yourself a good enough chance to win. And usually if you dictate it to what people want, they will get more in, uh, out of their experience than what they want. When you're training for a fight, how much can you coach other people? How much can you be in there and give your time to other people? Because I feel like it's, it's got to be tough because you should, your mindset has to be more focused on yourself. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's kind of where I train really early in the morning for like four to six hours in the morning. Then in the evening, I'm still active. I'm still teaching. I'm still rolling with some of them, but I am a lot more, I don't have to give as much and it allows me to kind of recover, but be active at the same time. Uh, so that does help a lot. And like I said earlier, me teaching what I'm learning just kind of helps me uh, retain more I learned that day or, you know, that week that we were going over and, you know, helps me put it in ways that if I could break it down to like a three or four year old, you know, I could break it down to anyone. So I'm trying to like mesh it to a point where I'm helping others while helping myself. That's awesome. That's really fantastic. Uh, Jared Vendera is joining us right now. Jared, you know, Justin Taffa, was a, a nice prospect that everyone was like really hyping up a little bit. You really uh, incredible fight. It was a bloodbath. Did you, when you got sliced open, does it, is there more pain? Is there more agony because there's so much blood? Like where do you, where, when you, when you saw the blood, did that throw you off at all? Did you like, Oh, did I miss something? What happened? Cause it, it you see it. It's not, it looked worse than it really I, than I think it really was at the end of the day. It could have been a lot worse, but was it more of a slice or was it more like a direct hit? Uh, so, like, again, uh, it was, I, I was told that was a headbutt, actually. Oh. Uh, but, like, for me, blood does not bother me. I, I am a bleeder. Like, I mean, <laughs> so I got stitches here. Uh, you can maybe still see the outline here. I've had over 120 stitches in my face. Damn. So this isn't the first fight I've been covered in blood. <laughs> uh, so, and I'm pretty sure it won't be my last fight covered in blood, so I'm not too worried about it. It is something I've accepted. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make it, you know, the only thing I'm worried about is, hey, where is the cut? Because all I feel is red. You know, like, like you feel the blood. It's it's definitely heavy on your face. You're like, 
all right, I'm bleeding. Where? Is, like, is it here? Is it here? You know, because it doesn't hurt. Like, you don't have a lot of nerves in your forehead and, like, your eyebrow area. Like, you could feel it, but you're not, like, ah. You're just, like, blood. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and then, you know, when he stitched it up, I'm like, like, when he put it, the gauze up here, I'm like, yes, it's on the forehead. We're good to go. What is, uh, like, I, I keep on seeing the scar tissue stuff always pop up. We see, like, Nate Diaz. We see all these guys. Uh, how much does that affect just the your, like, how can you heal scar tissue? That obviously, it doesn't heal, but how long does it, do you have to really wait to get back into the cage before that's, like, less of, uh, of, a, of a factor in a fight? Uh, I don't know. I like this will come out maybe considering I give this one maybe two more days and then I'm taking again the stitches out. <laughs> and then I like I already told myself I'm taking at least three weeks off, uh, because I haven't really like I, I've been just going, going, going for the last year almost. Plus, like I said, I have, I have another kid on the way. I want to be able to focus on my, you know, fiance. She's having all the pregnancy issues. That thing back there. <laughs> uh, my businesses, I want to get them kind of, you know, squared away where it's a lot less stress. So, uh, trying to use this time to kind of manage my life and then... Once I kind of get that back on the on the road, kind of you know kick things back up again, um, with uh, getting a fight. Where where do you see yourself, uh, or who do you see yourself fighting next? Who's someone that you would really like to fight? Is there someone in particular? Are you eyeballing somebody? Uh, what 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 are you thinking? Oh, like I I like to, I would like to fight Andre Olowski, but Ben Roswell, uh, just because we both fought on the same night. Uh, but, you know, someone actually put, uh, posted out there, and it's not something I disagree with, Dontel Mays. Mm. That's a like, fun one. That, I'm, I'm, like, I like that idea. <laughs> you know, he's a scrappy person. He, he, he gets down. So I'm like, I don't hate that one either. Um, the Arlovsky one, I like that a lot because that's, like, that's, one of the guys, that's one of the guys that I grew up watching that I really loved. He was one of his white guys in sport and stuff like that. So, like, for you, I mean, if, you're, if, that's, if that's one of your idols, I mean, it's got to be an honor for you to fight someone like that, correct? Exactly. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a Orlowski. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I could be Orlowski, but this is someone, like, I was like, I was in high school, like, I like Orlowski. Like, that's the pit bull. And, you know, to fight him, like, don't get me wrong. Like, that would be an honor and respect him. But I will beat him, too. Is What was the reason why you got into MMA? What was the – what was – obviously watching fights back in the day, but was there another reason what really pushed you and drove you into it? Uh, Like, after wrestling, it kind of just was a avenue that opened up. And I just remember as a kid, like, watching Kickboxer, hell, even Dragon Ball Z, Blood Sports. Like, yo, I, I want to, you know, I would like to do that. And, you know, yes, my technical skill background goes into wrestling. But, like, I fell in love with, like, boxing and kickboxing a, a lot younger than I did, uh, you know, grappling. So, 
I think that's why I gear towards it a lot more. But I do know that my base is in wrestling. And, you know, like for this whole Tafa fight, what happened in the fight was not planned at all. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. We practice striking, striking defense, especially because of Tafa's background. But the plan was to take him down and submit him. It's like, oh, I'm a black belt. But I remember, I think in the second round, I grabbed this leg. I'm just like, all right, I give my coaches 300 pounds of solid muscle, but this is a big fucking leg. This is a really big leg. <laughs> and my wrestling coach is a former D1 uh, wrestler himself. Like, like he big. He's six foot two, 290 sheer muscle. So, like, when, when I said top is leg big, it big. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I love the heavy, heavyweight division because I feel like you guys – you go in there, you have game plans, you're very you're all versatile, but they end up being a slugfest. And like that, that was a fantastic fight. That 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 got the fans go. Like if there were fans there, they would be if the, if the fans were was like building, I know. Are you dying? Are you trying to get like a pay-per-view, maybe or whatever it is next time there's a packed house type of thing? Because I mean you've probably seen the pay-per-views. How amazing was it with, with the, the packed houses? Oh, I, when I fought in EFC, they were always packed houses in South Africa. So I would love to fight, you know, at, uh, one with the audience finally. Um, it was cool because you started seeing more people. Uh, I could be wrong, but I heard that, uh, oh, I, I, like I said, I could be wrong. So no offense. I think it was Tisha Torres and I believe her fiance were there. Yeah. Yeah. Tisha was there. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, but they were as audience members. But, I mean, I didn't recognize her. Plus, I wasn't focusing about her when she was walking in. I just remember my coach like, oh, is that Tisha? I'm like, I don't care. I, I'm about to fight. <laughs> like, you, you could be starstruck in your corner. I'm going to be focusing over here type of thing. You have to. And that, that's the thing is like, I keep on talking to people about this and you're, you're a fighter. So you know better than I do. Um, obviously we've seen the, the levels of fights with no fans. It's still top notch, but that atmosphere change, it does it. Will, do you think that you going to a packed house compared to where, you know, the, the, the apex center is still awesome. It's, it's fantastic, but it's, it's not 15,000 people screaming. Do you think that would change some outcomes to some fights, just the atmosphere itself? Oh, yeah, because, uh, like, uh, like especially early on where they could hear the commentators, you know, I think some of the judges were affected by that. Um, I mean, I, I could possibly say it was affected, you know, affected my fight. I, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, unbiased to this. And so, like, I mean, that, that plays a factor, too. But now, imagine a fight going on, and I have had this in my Muay Thai career uh, when I've done amateur Muay Thai. Me and this one dude, uh, Rolando, we were going to – I think if you watch the fight with sound off, I won the fight. But if you watch the fight with the sound on, he won the fight because every time he kicked me, there was a slap. And every time that slap, people went – so that's just one of those factors. Yeah, no, I, it's like going to a baseball game and the, 
guy hits a lazy pop fly, but the sound off the bat is so loud. The crowd gets amped, and it's like, oh, it's just a fly ball to center fielder. Like they didn't have to move at all, you know. So I do, yeah. I, I, I do get that. Yeah. Um. So let me ask, you. You talk about. I want to go back to Arlovsky real quick because we saw Israel Adesanya, who's fighting on the next pay per view versus uh, Vittori. He fought uh, Anderson Silva, and it seemed to me in that fight that he wasn't. Not that he wasn't at his best, but he gave Silva a lot of credit. He gave him a lot for who he was. He gave him a lot of respect in the cage. You see someone like Arlovsky these days. He still's got his you know knockout power. He still has you know just his 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 chin surprisingly his back. I was always confused by that because I always thought chin's just going. You're done, but he's found a way to at least stay relevant over the past few years. Going into a cage, if you do step foot with Arlovsky, how would you take it like the same way you went through Taffa, or you, would you say, "All right, it's Arlovsky. I know his history, so I have to give him a little bit more respect than other fighters." Uh, I think uh, I would use Tom uh, Asman- Asmanov uh, when he fought him. Uh, it was actually my UFC the debut. I think the best way to respect someone like that is by beating them. And not a bad fashion, but just dominating them. If you you want to show respect, dominate that. And so you know, that's like that would be my mindset if I had to go fight Orlowski. Is not to just beat Orlowski. I'm like, oh my god, it's Orlowski. Like, yeah, I get that moment of fangirlness. Like, oh, I get to fight Orlowski. But at the same time, I get to if I'm going in there to fight Orlowski, I want to make sure that Orlowski knows that I'm a fan and I respect him, that you know, I watched their career, that I'm gonna give him a fight that he hasn't prepared for in his career, and I'm gonna dominate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm actually now, now now you got me hyped up. You said Orlovsky then and I'm like, okay, I want to watch that fight. I want to see that. Whenever you're ready, whenever he's ready, I want to watch that fight. Uh Jared, I appreciate the time. Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything that besides the gym? That get, give me everything. Whatever you got, your business, just th- throw it out there. What do you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, I own Team Plus Athletic Center here in Hemet, California. If you want to give me a follow, I'm Jared Vandera on all social media platforms. I'm predominantly on Instagram, TikTok, not as much as uh, Facebook or TikTok, uh, Twitter. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm Twitter, not so much Instagram or TikTok. What do you I, tell me about your TikTok? Is there something that you try to go for? Is there a, a, a vibe you're trying to go for with TikTok? I feel like I'm too old for it, so I feel like I'm, no. I'm missing that boat. I just, I, I post whatever I feel like. Like last, uh, my last night's post actually kind of blew up more so than most of mine. Uh, I kind of showed all my little battle wounds from the fight. And yeah, like uh, I don't know if you could hear my phone vibrate. Like half of them were TikTok messages, you know, either call me a crap <laughs> person or something, uh, or one person is crying about my nails being painted. And yeah, it's like all right, cool. And then just a bunch of other people just like, hey, that was a fun fight, you know, blah 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 blah. I haven't I haven't got a chance to respond to him because I was not mentally ready to wake up to like 200 comments. I'm like, oh, that's all. Last time 
I did that. It wasn't a good thing. So this one, this one is a good one. So, uh, how do you react to some of the people that are on social media that they're just jerks? I had that conversation with a lot of people, and some people just can't handle it, uh, and it's disappointing. I know some other people, like myself, I see it. I just pay no mind. Are you which way are you? Uh, I go left and right on this one because, uh, like, because I don't like people. <laughs> uh, a piece of me is like, yo, just tear this piece of shit apart. Uh, verbally, hell, if you can't physically, right? Uh, now there, there's 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 certain people that I will avoid. Uh, uh, if I personally have issues with you and you say something, I will block you or something because I have a personal. Uh, um, I had. Uh, I'll use my last fight. I I did not. I do not like this person as a human being. Uh, it is a not a like I hate this person and people like hate the strong word no i i want him to die type of thing just not today because i just said this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do not uh <laughs> i do not i i have no respect for him and i have nothing well i posted a picture of my daughter she's an asshole um so my last fight i came home with black eyes she she she's a big makeup junkie and we give her makeup and palettes and stuff. And she uh, put makeup all across her eyes. Black makeup. And then I posted pictures like, oh, she's she said, hey, daddy, I look just like you. <laughs> like, this is a little messed up. She painted her eyes all black. My eye was black and blue. I'm just like, asshole. But I take a picture. He comments on, on something basically implying that I abused my daughter. I'm like, I fucking see you, dude. I'll show you abuse. <laughs> like, uh, like, but that was the moment I just I blocked him. I was like, yo, if you if you're gonna say something that stupid and that disrespectful, I'm blocking you. Now I have this one dude that calls me fat all the time, and I piss him off by just putting laughing emojis or just giving him these like, like just kind of like dismissing his insults because none of them are original first of all like there's nothing original about the insults like i mean like if you want to insult me come with some originality you know yeah. like um bring what so I, well, I had a host that was like bring more than a pea shooter like bring bring something to the table don't just be like oh you suck oh great okay continue yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know just putting like some laughy emojis kind of disabled him now there's this one dude i thought it was fucking hilarious now i don't like you take it as an insult or not but it was fucking hilarious he was like he, there was a post of me and Tafa getting ready for the fight and he was like oh look it it's walmart brand mark hunt and dollar tree uh matt mitrione that had me cry that shit was <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even fucking mad. Like, <laughs> like, like, come, come, come with me at that energy. I'm your boy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mind. Like, if you come with some solid jokes, like, I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm one of those guys that if you can't make fun of yourself, you know, you don't have any rights to make fun of anyone else. Right. So, yeah. but if they have, it has to be fun. 
That's great. No, that was fantastic. That made me chuckle. That was that was I got I have to see I I I need to see pictures now, but it was a back to back pictures too. Or no, they they they, got, they didn't go that far. Uh, yeah, I think this will, uh so it's you you're gonna have to scroll down. It's on Instagram and it's on UFC fight alerts. All right. Uh it's the post where I announced Toffa and I. You scroll down it, you you'll you'll find it. Oh, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love that. I love the creativity is good. Listen, and that's it's, it's harmless. There's nothing wrong about that. That's funny. That's legitimately funny. But uh, then there's the people. Yeah. It's the hate stuff that gets me pissed because the guy sees so many people that uh, my my wife picked, uh, tweeted something about my kid. No big deal. It was fine. It was he was playing baseball, and you're just waiting for some asshole basically to say something stupid. I'm like, because that's the, that's all I ever see. You always see the stupid shit. You don't see the good stuff. You see the stupid shit. But listen, Jared, I appreciate the time, man. You're you're fantastic. I'm looking forward to the next fight. Congratulations on on the the new addition. When when are they supposed to? When is your uh, wife get, or your fiance giving birth? Uh, we're expecting late July or August. Awesome, man. Congratulations. Do you know it's boy girl? Girl, girl. Congratulations. That's fantastic, man. Well, yep. Enjoy it. I, you know, I, I don't miss those sleepless nights. That's all I remember. They're still here. This one's still here. Dude, listen, I appreciate the time, man. And Jared, uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon. And, and please, uh, you know, let me know when you fight it again. And, and whenever you want to promote anything, let me know, okay? All right. Totally down. Thank you. Uh, thanks again to Jared. Thanks again to Eddie Kingston. Thanks to George Kosturis. All our guests, Appreciate the time. We will be back next week. I have some awesome guests uh, lined up, but I won't tell you till next week. So you got to wait for it. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the AEW fight, double or nothing. Um, let's go Knicks. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Mets. Let's go Yankees. Let's go everybody. Let's go all the local teams. I want to see a parade. So I don't even care who it is anymore. Let's just get a local parade. I want to see it. Hopefully it's uh, it's the Mets. But whatever, let's get something going on here. Um, follow me again at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else. I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend. See ya. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 